everyone, welcome to Mecca Talks, your access all areas pass to the beauty, business and lifestyle experts we call our community. I'm Kate Blythe, Chief Marketing Officer here at Mecca. And I'm Zara Wong, Head of Content. In today's episode, Mecca Talks trends with fashion designer, tastemaker and entrepreneur Jenna Lyons and Mecca Education Manager for Makeup, Jen Horsley. Hi, Zara. Hi. So today we're talking about trends. I'm so excited for this episode. Trends in terms of fashion or beauty trends or all? Everything. Because I think it's like, it like yeah, it makes sense and it goes with, with each other. Like if you have like a bold eye, would you yep. do like a big earring? Oh, good question. Do you know what? I definitely had some dodgy moments over the years, especially during the 90s. What's, what was <laughs> the worst? Um, okay, so overplucking eyebrows, that was such a thing. But so at the time, did you like it? Yeah, because of the, all I the wonder. supermodels plucked their eyebrows so skinny that, I mean, I was quite lucky that mine grew back, but a lot of my friends' eyebrows didn't really grow back after that sort of stage. Um, and we used to wear really, really, well, lots of eye makeup, but then very very, very dark, kind of cherry, dark cherry lipstick. It's still kind of a thing now. I mean, Quite coming goth- back. A bit grungy, bit gothicy. But when you look back and you realise like quite how tired and sort of malnourished you look. Sad. <laughs> because you are teenagers and probably living on pizza and not much good healthy things. Um, probably wasn't the, the best look, I would say. But over the years, I kind of defined a bit of a my style, which was more eye makeup, less lipstick mm. and and it's what you feel good in yeah what you feel good in and and yeah I couldn't do lots of eye makeup and a, and a bright lipstick I think that would sort of freak everybody out I love how you can see things coming back though like you talked about the 90s and yeah. that sort of dark lipstick is coming back like we were talking about friends earlier on and all these like you know <laughs> what, the, the, what talk, was the the haircut the, the Rachel haircut yeah Rachel haircut my mum took me in to get my haircut when I was 12 and she said I want my daughter to have the Rachel haircut <laughs> did it work hair, out well the hairdresser was like I think she's a bit young for this my mum was like no <laughs> try it <laughs> Did it? I don't think it quite worked on me. Oh, there were some amazing moments back in the 90s. What about you? You're a bit more of a comedian. Oh, I just love, I mean, I feel like I go for the same kind of thing, but different iterations, the same kind of thing. At the moment, like for makeup, I love the new Mecca Max off-duty sticks. I'm obsessed with them. Like oh. I carry, like I put them on in the morning and I carry them around with me and I love like, the, there's a highlighter, there's like the glass yeah. stick. So I love that kind of really glowy, glowy look. So at the, the really good shimmer sticks. Yeah. I remember those, finding those, discovering those in the 90s as well. Um, and it was NARS shimmer stick that I was like obsessed with. And I used to use it like until it was like nothing left in that the kind of frosty look. Yeah. Do you frosty. Find it, do you find it funny seeing trends that you've done and lived through coming back? I like think they, there's that rule that they said, say never do the same trend. Well, twice. do you know what? Um, sort of color colorful eyeshadows was for me growing up was definitely a thing we would experiment with have you ever done eyelash extensions I have and they're pretty addictive when you yeah. start doing it so I had to stop so I, I get my eyelashes permed when like you know when I when I have a special occasion I love the look of that yeah it's beautiful and I, I've only ever had the eyelash extensions once but I did like them so anyway we'll see we'll see what we, we're going to look like when we've got all of these beautiful new lashes on. it's amazing that Joe is interviewing Jenna because they've known each other for years yeah I mean both such sort of powerhouses entrepreneurs as well so yeah. I think it'll be a really exciting conversation I'm a huge fan of Jenna Lyons yeah I love her style I think as we were saying before you know what's your personal style and uniform she's got her uniform but she kind of evolves and changes within that so 
first off, we've got Jen Horsley coming in. Oh. Are you excited to talk to Jen? Yes, Jen is so cool. I, I mean, she's just got l- such a lovely um, artistic style about her as well. And I think being a an artist, um, an artistry expert, isn't just about crazy looks that you, you know, for a, for a fashion show or anything like that. It's actually just beautiful makeup application. Exactly. And I think that's the most inspiring part. That's yeah. what I'm interested in understanding from her. And for me, one of the things I would say is I, I put my makeup in the morning and I feel really happy with it. Halfway through the day, I'm like, oh my God, where's all my makeup gone? So it's sometimes about really making sure that you're like, Setting, using setting spray and prepping it, prepping properly. it properly and it's not just sort of like sliding off as you've been through the days. So every single month the content team has a, week, a monthly meeting with Jen Horsley and her team and we ask about makeup trends and I just love how she approaches the idea of like makeup trends in a really thematic way. So she'll mm. talk about how the lashes, how that relates to the blush. Yes. And everyone's feeling this. And so it's like just, step by step. Yeah, yeah, step by step. But it's really, you know, rather than just focusing on a single product, it's like she thinks of the whole look. Yes. So I kind of see what we're going to do in this episode as bringing we should have, our meetings to life. Well, we should have just arrived with like no makeup on and let her have a little <laughs> try and that test. That would be the dream. Everyone wants to get their makeup done by Jen. Let's get into the chat now with Jen, our makeup expert. And then we're going to throw over to Joe Horgan, who is going to be t- chatting to Jenna Lyons. Jen Horsley, thank you for coming to Hi, see us today. I'm, I'm so, so excited. excited. I'm so, so excited so, to be here. I can't believe. We're all so excited. <laughs> yeah, very excited. And we feel like you're the hardest person to get onto a podcast <laughs> in the whole business. Oh, that was de- lady. Yeah, you're <laughs> in demand. Yeah, well, we've got a lot of brands to take care of at Mecca, so it's something that I love to do. So I, um, I've been a makeup artist for about 15 years now. I can't believe that, that it's actually that long. I've been with Mecca for over a decade. Wow. So, yeah. Um, you said, where did, how did you get into um, makeup artistry? Well, I always loved makeup. I was that girl in high school that all their friends got to do their makeup in a oh, little line, you know, in the playground. I yeah. to do all my makeup. <laughs> <laughs> so I started out with it more as a hobby. Then I went and did like a marketing degree, worked in business for a while and thought, no, no, this isn't for me. I want to play. I want to play with makeup. I want to paint faces. So. I love those stories of where you've yeah. done something else and you just decide that you really want to it's get into it. a bit like your finance degree. Completely, yeah. yes. I feel I like, like it's, it's very, <laughs> it's really common, I think, in our industry that yeah, people do that. But then it shows that. you just really love it and it just draws exactly. you Exactly. It's a passion. You, when do you realise you loved makeup? I think when I was working in marketing, <laughs> I was like, this is not for me. I really just want to play with pretty things and paint faces and connect with people. So I thought, no, I'm going to do this. So I went and did um, a makeup course, a makeup degree, and then have been working in it ever since. So All it's been great. The whole time at Mecca? Yeah, the whole time at Mecca. So I started out as a makeup artist at Mecca. So that was really great. I worked on and off in TV. I worked in TV land for quite a while, which was a really cool experience. I love with makeup that you can do so many different things. There's so many different facets to it. So I've kind of done them all, but obviously always been um, super dedicated to Mecca. I love at Mecca. I mean, my favorite thing, I'm a total... As well as being a makeup artist, I'm actually a total product junkie because I think there can be makeup artists that kind of (laughs) use the same thing. But me, I love everything new. I'm obsessed with products. Still am. It still gets me really giddy. So that's why I'm at Mecca. I just love all the brands. And I love how you were saying before that you look at all the brands, look at the trends, and you really think about how it 
works and translates for the customer, right? Totally, Because that's what makes your role different to many other makeup artists' role. I guess so. I think it's what's really amazing at working at Mecca, which I'm sure the rest of the team members would agree, is that we get to play with all the different brands. We're not locked Mm. into one. So we get everyone's point of view on beauty. And so we can really resonate with one brand. We might not um, love another or we might really love one particular trend that they're doing really well. So it's really great because it gives you that full 360 view. What is your your day-to-day at Mecca? The kind of day-to-day. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually didn't say much. (laughs) So I take care of all things education when it comes to makeup, hair and brows and artistry at Mecca. So a little bit of everything. I like to say Jenny Pie hands. I've got my hands in a lot of different pies. So I obviously do all the education for the brands, but I also am actually a makeup artist. So I do a lot of the shoots. I do obviously our beautiful founder, Jo. I do her makeup quite often. Um, Kind of a little bit of everything to tell you the truth. Fashion a bit shows. of PR. You did all, yeah, you did yeah. I do. Fashion yeah. shows. They I look so yes. good. Love representing um, Mecca at Fashion Week, yeah. which is the so Maggie fun. The Maggie Mowland show, look, I mean, the Maggie yeah. Mowland clips look so beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, my God. Like in Byron Bay. It was gorgeous. Yes. We did such amazing stuff um, this year in Sydney Fashion Week. We had a couple of sustainable runways, which was really awesome. Something I'd never done before. Um, so, yeah, I do a little bit of everything when it comes to makeup at Mecca, which is great because we have so much to do. So. And you're the, you are the lady, the kind of oracle of makeup. <laughs> <laughs> and makeup trends, right? Oh, so, I love that title. And okay, I know that you. Zara was telling us earlier that she does. <laughs> her and her team do a weekly meeting with you, where you're like, guys, this. You, I know what's going on here. We, this is what's we happening. Really look forward to these meetings, oh, and I love so how sweet. you really take like this thematic approach. It's not just like a one product, but like the whole look. Yes. How, like how the blush works with like the eye and I just Mm -hmm. love it well it's a vibe and I think that it's really you know as as the world gets more global and global I think it's really hard for for customers and anyone really to really pick out what would work for them and what is the trend is it just a reference is it a product is it a texture so you know we all need a little bit of help when it comes to trends I think and there's so many things that you see like you know whether it's like a colored eye Mm -hmm. and like what makes something take off versus something that's just going yeah. to like be a great look <laughs> yeah. actually be warm? Well, I kind of reference this analogy a little bit when it comes when I'm talking to kind of clients, whereas I really feel especially because we have so much, it's very saturated at the moment in the industry, especially the beauty industry, as I'm sure you'd all know, that I kind of look at a trend like you have your modern classics, like you have your smoky eye, your red lip, um, and then you have kind of these trends which I view as almost like fashion accessories I kind of take it back to fashion as like okay so this is a really cool accessory you can add to your I guess modern wardrobe or your staples that that can really change your look modernize your look so like you know if you wanted to try a yellow eyeliner it's Mm. a way of yeah, we were using talking about it that earlier. as like an accessory yeah. to complement or change outfits, having yeah. a bit of fun with it. Totally, yeah. having fun. Earring, exactly, totally, and maybe something that you might not have tried, but you just want to give it a go. Yeah. So, give me five like hot beauty trends for for right now. <sighs> at the moment, I'm more into the vibes at the moment. I think so. I think that definitely skinimalism is big at the moment. So really um, embracing your skin. I think that we're going to see a lot of products that really where skincare is the forefront. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a little bit of a hybrid of, of skincare and complexion. Yeah. So everything will be together. I think, you know, as we get more modern and modern, we want everything to work yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So we want all those ingredients in our makeup. These, you're wearing these like products in exactly. your face for like 12 hours. Yeah. So they might as well have great skincare yeah. in it. I think, you know, we want we want things to work for us. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Skinimalism. Okay, Skinimalism. number one. Um, I, I still love uh, a coloured eyes, as Zara mentioned before. I think yellows, greens, blues and pinks are kind of going to have kind of a, bit of a bit more of a moment. Not necessarily fluoros. I feel like you can embrace it in every different hue. Yeah. So you could do like more of a lemon eye. You could do like more of a buttery 
yellow eye and green. I'm really, really into green at the moment. Well, interesting. That's yes. quite 80s. Yeah. Well, it is 80s, but it's also very fresh. Like I think um, it's kind of been, I guess, remodernized by, you know, shows like Euphoria and things like that. We've really embraced color a lot, which I think has been big for a while. Yeah. But I think at the moment it's going to be just more of a, an everyday staple. Mm. Like it's so fine to wear a fluoro I feel like we've been talking a lot about green yes. eyes because yes. when we talk to Jen, it's to inform our campaigns and to yeah. inform our video tutorials. And so we'd be doing all these green eye mood boards. Yes. I think it's by you. Yeah. Well, green is <laughs> such a great color. Like you can have your bold apple green. You can have your deep forest green. You can wear as an eyeliner you can wear as a statement so it's got a lot of different how do you okay so love the idea of that but (laughs) me being a bit of a classic makeup person who has probably worn the same makeup for about 20 years Mm -hmm. um how do you introduce that type of trend to Mm -hmm. regular ladies so it's it's one of my specialties I used to love doing this in store so I really like to so say you do a classic look which is you've got beautifully defined eyes you've got gorgeous kind of bluey green eyes so to kind of not take (laughs) you too far (laughs) to not take you too far out of your comfort zone I probably suggest maybe using like an olive green eyeliner in replace of your looks like you're wearing a black eyeliner a brown eyeliner Uh, yeah I'd probably say so we could maybe try that in place of just to add a little okay, bit of so an accent of colour forward in a slightly in a small, gentle way. short little That's steps, and one. then yeah. you tip. embrace it, and then we can keep trying and trying and okay. trying. I love that. Okay, so we've done two trends. <laughs> Any more? Green oh, eyes. There's so more. Skinimalism, green eyes. Well, I do think that lashes are going to come back. Yes, we way. were talking about this yes. because we're about to launch Love Scene. Yes. Which we Jenna Lyons on the same yes. episode. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. which we're so excited Amazing. about because the idea of having, you know, false eyelashes just for regular day-to-day mm-hmm. rather than for a night out or whatever, yep. that to me feels quite revolutionary. Yeah, and I think it's all about eye shapes and definition so Mm -hmm. if you are someone who really needs that bit of extra definition why not wear a lash every day it doesn't have to be a special occasion go for it right it can be part of your signature I think what I really love about trends and people trying trends is that they try it they love it and then that becomes their modern classic so I feel like lashes are part of that as well so when you say lashes like lashes to suit anyone or like you're talking like a dramatic lash well I think that's that's the case so it literally for everybody or a dramatic lash if you want to rock a dramatic lash I've been doing all these referencing for like campaigns and shit so got coming up and I'm finding it so hard to find great references of like a big dramatic lash so I'm wondering yeah. when it's going to come back in. I think that that's always mm. kind of in for a special occasion but I think a brand like Love Scene and even our own MSL new kind of refreshed um, rebranding of our lashes it really gives the customer um, that option to pretty much customize and curate whatever they want to wear so yeah. I personally love the Love Scene kind of vibe in the sense that if you don't have lashes or if you really love the look of lashes but you don't want to put on a full dramatic lash every day, you can use their lashes. Yeah. What are your um, kind of favourite ever products? Or oh, beauty? Like in general for yeah. everything? What oh do you wear? It's like choosing my children. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, very moment. <laughs> you know, I'm, they're probably a bit more modern. I wouldn't say they're super trend-based, but I I mean, I can't go without by Terry Ombre um, Black Star Bronze Moon. I've got it on today. Yes, mm. that is um, good. I like products that are really, even though I'm an artist, I like product. I need to do my face in like four minutes. Yes. In the car usually. So I like products that really are easy. I don't have to blend them too much. So I love that. I love a cream blush. Pretty much, I try. I've tried every cream blush we have at Macca, which is probably oh, like okay. over What's a your thousand. Cream blush? Well, still oh. a still a convertible colors in Peony and Lilium are like classic staples. But um, I love the Kosas, the the duo. The duo yes. They're really great. But honestly, any cream blush, I'm like an mm, addict. Yeah. I absolutely it adore just feels them. really natural. It does, and I think it's a really great way to modernize your makeup too, to change up the texture. Yeah. I think that's also a really great thing if you want to embrace a trend. Maybe yeah, so even just try a different texture, pa- like yeah. rather than a powder blush. Exactly. Like it, yeah, I, and I do cream. feel like blushes yeah. having 
such I mean blush is always around blush yeah but blush is really having a moment now it is which and I'm so happy about because really I'm a fun. total blush I, queen it's, it's yeah honestly so underrated isn't it I agree I, it really brings life back to the face yeah. so you can really you can take 10 years off someone's face by adding blush in the right placement I think it's all about placement when it comes yeah. to blush as well I think people are really embracing trying well I think new. when we were young we probably thought <laughs> you just put it in a circle <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> on the apples of your cheek but it's not you've got to like sweep up exactly well I think too though another trend which I love is is in individualism and self-expression so I think finding that that place where you feel really happy about what you're yeah. wearing when it comes to beauty and you you feel really good about what you're putting on your face and where you're putting it as yeah. opposed to following a really specific trend what about brows because I'm a bit scared of brows oh. and I and it's interesting because there is a such an amazing brow kind of movement there is completely suddenly become yeah. like a really key sort of part of your yes. beauty look whereas you know I was saying we were chatting earlier Zara mm-hmm. and I about in the 90s where we all used to overpluck yes, totally. our eyebrows and so anyway the, the sort of idea of then having big bushy eyebrows was mm-hmm. definitely not what you aspired to so <laughs> yeah. what are the what are the kind of key trends for brows now because I think that's well, just a really interesting I one. think what you just said is really great in the sense I think probably why you're a bit scared is there probably wasn't that many great brow products on the market back then so oh, I think that not. now we have so many options when it comes to product you know you can use a pencil you can use a pomade and then you can use a gel you can really get that bushiness looking really natural as mm. opposed to like a full-on Brooke Shields kind of brow. Yeah. Um, you can really use different products to give that different effect. So I'm all about a gel. I love a gel. I love a micro pencil to yeah. fill in like little hairs as well. But I think even if you maybe haven't haven't done your brows before or haven't used a product, a gel is a great way to start. And then yeah. again, you can build up if you want to use a pencil. I think always embracing your natural shape is really great. Yes, definitely. But basically the straighter the brow, um, the more youthful you look. It's like when you look at a like, you know, like a little child on their brow is just that yeah. really fluffy straight brow. So maybe kind of let go of, of doing a super archy look and kind of straighten it out a little bit and you'll find that you'll just lift your eyes a little bit. Yeah, I've yeah. been trying to make my brows more straight because yeah. I'm like influenced by that Korean beauty yes. trend with yeah. the straight brows. Yeah. Which is exactly, it gives you that beautiful youthful appearance and it'll take take a few yeah. years off as it's well. Ama- Ooh, Why tip. do you think people are so into brows? Like, other than there being more, more mm-hmm. product, what I love talking to you about trends is like yeah. what that means for yeah, yeah, something. Definitely. Like, Why well, do you think people are so into I brows think, now? I think with brows a little bit like eyes, they're really individual. Everyone's brows are different. Their sisters, yeah. not twins. Never, mm-hmm. never try and make them twins. One's always more curved. One's always more arch. Just accept it. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's <laughs> a, um, so, so true. Everyone's it's a fact face, of life. Yeah, everyone's face is not symmetrical. Exactly. Well, there are some genetically oh. blessed, but out there. But <laughs> everyone's brows. One's always more curved. One's always more arch. So just, just let it, let it go and go with your natural brow. Um, but I think it gives you that individual kind of look. Also, if you do a really great structured brow, really you look great no matter what you've got on because that focus is the brow. It's yeah. almost, it's like they say, you know, it's like the windows and frames the face. So would you say then a great structured brow and great eyelashes? Oh, well, you dream. And good yeah. blush. Amazing. Then how we how are we going with the lips? With the lips. Well, I think what is a, a trend that we're going to see, especially later in the year, is lips are going to make a big comeback because obviously we've all been under masks. Mm. We haven't really been able to play up. You know, if you were someone who just rocked a red lip, you've kind of had yeah. to have hide your red <laughs> lip. Exactly. So I think that we're going to see a lot of really great, bright, bold lip trends, but I think it's about making the texture work for you. So if you love a matte, wear a matte. If you love a gloss, wear a gloss. Um, But I think it's definitely, we're going to see a lot more colour on the lip. Definitely. It's interesting that you said that the texture can change, whereas like in the past you may have seen it's all about the matte or all about like a glossy sheer. But now it's different textures. Do you wear lipstick, Zara? 
Oh, I used to wear it a bit more, but the masking has made it hard. Yeah. But I have actually started wearing it recently and I love the Kosas rose water. Oh, I it's beautiful. I love that color. I had a look it's at so that subtle. One. Yeah. And it's so like so easy to it's wear. It's just a beautiful rosy what color. What yeah. do you wear? I wear everything because I love a bold lip. I really love bright pink. I just oh, think it makes yes. me happy. I think that's also another trend. Mood lifting makeup. Yeah. I hate you don't wear yeah. lipstick to you. You're <laughs> okay. Oh. So I'm going to start and it's going to freak you right out. Um, I grew up with my mum always mm-hmm. wearing really, really bold lipstick. Okay. And I was of the sort of era where you, you did more in the eyes and maybe like a nude lip. Yep. And I've kind of stuck to that. Um, and when I, whenever I put lipstick on, I feel like, oh, it really doesn't feel like me. So yep. I need I need some guidance into how yeah, to yeah. get into it without me feeling like I'm having an out-of-body experience. Yeah. <laughs> this is something that I always kind of run into with customers and clients in store is that I really want to try a red lip, but it scares me. I really want to, but it, it's scary and I don't know what to do. So I think always picking obviously the right undertone. So whether you want to go for a really bold color or something a little bit softer, um, picking the right undertone. And then I always start out with a sheer option. Mm. So like a sheer yeah, red gloss a or idea. like, I remember I always used to recommend Gypsy from NARS because it's like this sheer, lovely, yeah. earthy red, which looks great on everyone. And then you get used to that and then you can kind of build it up to rocking like a full red. Can you still wear that though with like a quite heavy eye? You can if it's sheer, definitely. Okay, I, so or um, Dolce Vita is also a really great option from NARS where it's like, it's a bit red, it's, it's a, a bit brown, one. it's a bit pink. So it's yeah. just a good way to kind of dip your toes in the water and then you can build up. Okay, or like right, the we're going to try this. Oil maybe? Yeah, the coastal slip oil in yeah, um, fruit really juice really is great. Oh, it's see, like I a little sheer that. red. I, don't, yeah. I like my lips to feel really moisturized. Like, yes. It's like yeah. a stain. We've actually got a tutorial coming out or shoot coming out oh, soon yeah. with a bit of stains. Yeah, 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 beautiful. That, now that's quite a 90s trend, a stain. A stain's a great way, but if you want to modernize it, you do the stain, then you put a little lip balm over it. Yeah, so it gives it a bit more of a modern feel. Hydrated. Exactly. Before I started at Jen, I was in a Mecca shoot and you did my makeup. And I, I remember. remember. Yes. And you because yeah. I used to always wear red lipstick whenever I went out. Yeah. And I still do. We just yeah. are going out a little bit less now. But totally. I remember we talked about red yeah. lipstick then too. And you put hourglass confessions. Yes, I did. I remember. I still have those lipsticks. They're so good. Yeah, they're great. I think also red is that, it's like that power color. Like, exactly. And it you makes know, you feel done. Exactly. You feel done. You feel really powerful. Like no one's going to mess with you. You've got it. It's it's that, I think it's that um feeling that's very, very, um, linked with a red lip yeah. as well. Is there anyone out there that you, like a celebrity or someone um, well-known that you always think has amazing makeup <sighs> or an amazing beauty look? Because I think that's pretty yeah. inspiring, isn't it? To kind of, when you look at other people and I remember, you know, when I was much younger, you'd have a picture and you'd be like, I'm going to copy. Totally, totally. I, I think that- interest in Instagram. Yeah, yeah I was say, <laughs> that now social media has kind of taken over. I think that they have a lot of help. First of all, they always have yeah. a team. But I think, um, who do I love? I really love Monica Bellucci. I don't know oh, if, yeah. Yes. Like to me, she's my like everything, yeah. like my quintessential. Do you know what? That's so, she, yeah. she always looks great. Right. such creamy skin. Yes, creamy skin. And She'll do a bald. Glamorous, yeah. but yeah. still quite rock as well. Yeah. She looks she like herself still. Yeah, it's, yeah. And she is ageless. Totally, totally. Kate Winslet, I always love. I like a classic look, but I like people who experiment as well. Obviously, Hunter Schaefer is amazing. And she's obviously one of the um, models for Shis- our new campaign for Shiseido. And she's stunning. I always love her makeup. But I feel like most of them get it right because they have such amazing teams yeah. behind yeah. them. True, true, true. But I think you just have to rock it. Like, you can't just be timid. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you have to own it. Oh, Lisa Rinna. Um, you have to own it, I think. <laughs> yeah. 
Lisa Renner. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what makes like a great makeup look or a great look yeah, clothes or or, or whatever. Just wear whatever you want, but just really like own it. And what about foundation? Like are there trends in foundation? I think that... There are trends. Skinimalism. Skinimalism, definitely, but also. You don't wear foundation. Do you not at all? Is it not even like a. No, you can. You you do, but it's it's all about letting your kind of skin shine through. But I think, again, it's really up to the individual. I think really making sure that that whatever complexion products you're using, it works for you rather Mm -hmm. than just the trend. So if you're super oily and you love the glowy trend, work it out in a different way rather than just making everything super, super glossy and shiny. But I think definitely layering. I'm really into light layering. So you can use quite a lot of product, but you just layer it really lightly so it looks really beautiful. So how does that work? Well, basically it's just like doing, instead of like getting a foundation, really putting it everywhere, really think about where you're putting it. So do a layer of, of maybe like an illuminating primer, then just some foundation where you kind of want to even out your skin tone, then go in with like a brightening concealer. So you're just pinpointing a little bit more and making it a little bit more bespoke to you. Mm-hmm. Like you would when you're building an outfit or yeah. or anything. I have so noticed on the TikTok that <laughs> there's like that. Or like the TikTok. The TikTok I know that I'm going to get that cut because Carrie's going to say I'm gonna, I sound too old. She's done that before. There's like I've seen that a lot of people are just doing like placement where they just put concealer where they need to yeah. and sort of dabbing it out like a foundation. 100%. That's considered one of like the big TikTok yeah. trends. What about that's a bit like Because that was like a big trend a few years ago. Yeah. Well, it's still around. It's just in a sheerer way. But, you know, when you think about trends like contouring, really, the trend started in like the 1930s with Marlena Dietrich. So it's like that whole thing where everything old is new again. So yes. I think with contouring, it'll always be there. It just it maybe hasn't got a huge moment like it used to. But I think just soft contouring and making sure that you're actually contouring your features and your yeah. face, Rather not than what copying. you've seen on yeah. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you, would you say then your, your sort of version of layering is the modern contouring? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The modern way of doing skin. Yeah. To make it also look like skin. Yeah, because that, you don't want to look so it's caked exactly. on. Exactly. I think yeah. that's that's the kind of key to, to skin looking great. You want it to look like your skin, not someone else's and not so kind of covered that it doesn't still feel like really breathable and movable and you as a person. Yeah. So you know how you were saying what old is new again and Kate, mm-hmm. you were saying like, you know, you did the 90s look and it's yeah. sort of coming back. Like, is there anything is there anything really new anymore in trends? Like that no one has ever seen before? The new way. Yes. I feel like that's kind of the new the era that's coming forward but then I also think there's this resurgence and often it's to do with um you know tv shows like it used to I, I love that that's kind of coming back again but I think like things like um Holston I think yeah, that yeah, we're gonna see a bit amazing. of 70s coming through like oh, a bit of disco 70s like kind of really glittery exactly. but again Elsa like Peretti more that like it. shimmer yeah. just to look kind like of her. but it's really actually when you look back it's super fresh it's actually super modern so yeah. I feel like that mm. trend is going to come back also I think it's just so funny, like when um, the last season of The Crown aired, we got this f- full influx of people Diana. wanting blue eyeliner. And yeah. I'm like, that's so great. Something that maybe was considered not so cool is having this resurgence because they're like, we want to we want yeah. pay tribute Katie. to Diana and her blue eyeliner. Yeah. Trends so. are, you know, because Kate and I came from like the fashion world. Exactly. And trends are so much about like your eye getting used to something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then if your eye is not used to it and then it moves again and mm-hmm. it flips, it's just, I find that part so yeah. fascinating. I think what's great though is because beauty is so global. I think it's really one of those kind of industries that's just so global at the moment like you were saying like what would be the trend of 2021 it's like there's so many because there's so many of us and there's so many different 
types of beauty and types of people in the world right now that it's so great. We just have so many options. We always try to make a coloured mascara look work. Yes. And that's never really flown because it's not super, like, you know, people are a bit more nervous of that. Do you think yeah. something like that will ever take off? I Well, I love it. So I'm probably quite biased, but I um I really want, actually, this is something I want from brands because burgundy is having a bit of a moment. I mm. really think that probably the latest thing is everyone's going to want like a rust coloured or a burgundy coloured eyeliner. So I'd love like a wine coloured or a burgundy coloured mascara because that really works for everyone and it's a way to try the trend without going too That's out subtle. there. It's subtle, but it, it's so effective, especially on a blue or a green eye. What products are you really, do you think everyone should have in their makeup bag? Oh, I just mentioned the glass stick, but it really is one of my favourite things. I um, also have champagne in my eyes. Yeah, okay. It's good too. Beautiful, yes. Not actual champagne. No, the, it's a, one of the shades. <laughs> well, it's one of the new sticks. I yes. love all of them because um, I think they're amazing. So these sticks you can use on your cheeks, on your eyes, on your lip. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty much anywhere to add glow. Yeah. But the glass one is really special because it's almost clear. So you kind of can't tell. It just looks like mm-hmm. you're glowing from within. So definitely the glass stick. I think the um, Burgundy Kajal Ink Artist Eyeliner from Shiseido everyone can use. Um, it's this beautiful burgundy colour. It looks great on brown, blue and green eyes. And it's just a way to to line your eyes without doing brown or black. It's just fun. Um, what else do I think? I mean, if we're talking hair, I really feel like everyone can use the Bumble Dry Spun Thickening Texture Spray. So that's uh, a mouthful. Yes, I tried it last week. But to me, it's, it's like I, I describe it as like confidence in a bottle. It just gives you that oomph to your hair that just makes you feel great. I love how you said that yeah. as well. No, <laughs> it's it's really good and it's so – it. It's really like tough dry shampoo. There's so many different types of tra- oh, yeah. dry shampoo, but that's a real tough it one. It adds like, like the texture yeah. to your hair. So it just gives you that airiness and that kind of texture like you've had a blow wave. You know, when you just feel great, yeah. you've had a blow wave. It's like that in a bottle. Great yeah. tip. What do you? What trends do you want to see come back that aren't really happening at the moment? I'm very partial again to my 2000s look. Um, I'm really partial to a little pastel eye with a gloss moment. A bit so <laughs> like you remember when J Lo went to the Oscars in that mint yes gown. Yeah. I really yeah I really love that. I really do love a pastel eye. I really feel like everyone can rock it once in their life. And I do love a clear gloss. I, and I do think they will come back a little bit, but maybe clear not together. On the eye or the um, lips. The lips. The lips. Yeah, definitely. So I think lashes are going to have a really big moment, especially coming in towards um, the end of the year. Everyone's been at home. They want to embrace the glamour. They want to try something different. Um, so I've been loving experimenting with all of our lash brands at Mecca and I'm so excited for Love Scene. I can't believe we're have getting it. Have you had it. a try of it yet? I have tried a, had a try of it. Troy, the Troy style is definitely my favourite. They're the ones I recommended to you. And I've actually popped them on Joe as well. Oh, and I got her into she, the lash. How does she feel about that? I kind of snuck it in there while she wasn't paying attention <laughs> um, because she's not used to wearing a lash. But I just love that you can sneak them in. I love the look on her. It's so beautiful. And it just adds that definition. It makes you look really awake and glamorous and just love it. Well, Jen, that is the perfect kind of segue into Joe, who is now <gasps> going to be chatting to Jenna so about the lashes. Um, and let's hope we see Joe with her lashes on every day as well. Yeah, we'd we'll love it. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you, Zara. I'm so excited to have Jenna Lyons on the line. Jenna, welcome to Mecca Talks. Thank you for having me. This is like literally the best event ever. I'm, I'm so happy to be back with you. It's been a long time. <laughs> Do you know what? It has been such a long time. And I remember when you were actually designing your Met Ball or Met Gala dress. Oh my and God. And it was on the mannequin and you had a skirt and you were taking me through what you were thinking of doing and I went this is a moment for 
the ages. I will remember <laughs> this moment. This is as close as I get to true, pure fashion genius. <laughs> <laughs> the Met Ball, years gone by. That's like, it feels like a, a lifetime ago. Doesn't it feel like an age ago? And we're not going to talk about COVID because we've got so, so many other things to talk about. But we were just saying off Mike, that we can't wait for you to be able to actually come over and visit us here in Australia. Side trip to Wollongong for personal reasons, which yes. is great. <laughs> and I would you. love to. I've never been to Australia, and all of you know. And what's so crazy is that in my life, some of my favorite people in the world are Australian, and it's kind of incredible. They have come across my life so many times, and I'm. Sort of shocked. It keeps happening over and over again. I just bought a small house by the beach, and literally the people that live down the street, who are like absolutely my favorite people on the on the street, are from Australia. It's just kind of keeps reoccurring. Do you know something? It's funny because when I met you, you have this absolute honesty. I remember meeting you, and from the very beginning, you were so just you, and you were so open, and you were so honest, and you were so inquisitive about life and. It felt incredibly, you give such great energy. And I can oh, see that you. that would really riff brilliantly with Australians who are relatively open and relaxed without wanting to make a massive generalisation. No, but I think it's true. I feel like there's something, um, there's such a lack of pretense. I think, you know, the United States, I think socially, and there's this idea that you have to fit into a certain mould and everyone's a little guarded and there's just a lot of things that you don't say or don't talk about. And I feel like I just haven't, ex- I haven't experienced that with people who are Australian, there's just this real kind of candor and um, desire to like really get to know someone and be really open and, and share as opposed to, and there's just a little bit more of a guarded nature here. And I don't know where that comes from, but I, I notice it's a marked difference for me. And I really like appreciate it and find myself consistently adoring Australians. That's the perfect intro, quite frankly, isn't it? Because we've had a little bit of a loving on Australians. Whereas I'd say the point I'd make from that is when you talk about that you have never been in a box you have never been confined and every time I've met with you the ideas that you've come up with have been so fascinating to me and even whilst you were in fashion you were giving me direction about beauty and you'd be saying you know have you seen you know look what they're doing on Instagram with these sites and I love watching you know people doing their makeup applications and I have you seen this brand and have you seen this new service and it was always your level of knowledge and beauty was always extraordinary. Your interest in it was always extraordinary. So I'm fascinated. And there's so much to talk about, so we're just going to probably go all over this. <laughs> you've gone from fashion and being an absolute fashion icon to this foray into beauty. And I remember when you left Career, I'm like, Jenna, I really think that you should go into beauty. I, I remember so much you to saying give. that. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then look, I, and when when Love Scene, even before it came out and when it was just this little sort of, there was just a beacon of sort of the drum beat was happening. I was like, whoa, we're getting Love Scene. And, you know, it's uh, I'm fascinated to hear the journey from fashion to how you went into beauty and why you settled on Love Scene. I mean, um I think, well, first of all, thank you for the compliment. I think that um, I think that what people don't always totally understand is that there is no world in which fashion doesn't exist, you know, and coexist 
really magically with beauty. I think, you know, anytime you're doing a photo shoot or a show or whatever it may be, you're constantly thinking about, well, what is the look? The look doesn't stop once the clothes are on. It's, well, what is the hair? Is it soft? And is a sweaty ballerina look where she's got a tousled, you know, updo? Is it something where we've got a bright red lip and no eye makeup? Is she, is her skin, you know, does she look a little tanned or is she a little bit sun-kissed? Like, what's the, the vibe that you're going for? And that's often a deep consideration. That's my dog. A deep consideration um, in terms of really completing the look. And so I think, you know, the reason I was so curious and also constantly looking is because, you know, I think beauty, like fashion, has changed so much over the years and the styles of, you know, beauty, as you know, I mean, if you think back to the 70s and the 80s, like, you know, tons of mascara and big, you know, high eyeshadow and really fine eyebrows and glossy lips. And, you know, then we move into, you know, the later part of the 70s where it's like, you know, no makeup, makeup and really sort of bronzed tan skin and just, you know, tousled hair. And then you go into the 80s with like dramatic eyeliner and, you know, I mean, you know, wedge haircuts and those things. It's like, I find all of that stuff really, it does shape and, and contribute to the fashion element of what you're looking at. And so um, it doesn't feel like a far stretch for me. It didn't feel like a massive pivot. It was always something that was really um, deeply connected to the way I was thinking about how we were looking at J. Crew or Madewell or even J. Crew Factory, um, because we really wanted them to have their own identity and that doesn't just stop after the clothes get put on. And so, um, you know, Love Scene really came about, honestly, just because, you know, I don't have any eyelashes. And when I was at J. Crew, um, I noticed that all of the women were coming into meetings with eyelash extensions. And these are women, for the most part, that really didn't wear any makeup at all. They were pretty clean-faced, uh, yet they all found that desire to have dramatic eyelashes. And I, at the same time, I was becoming obsessed with beauty tutorials. And I noticed that, you know, even the most over-the-top beauty tutorials where the girls were making themselves look like dolls and, you know, using 10 layers of concealer and under eyes, you know, and, and contour and highlighter. And it's like, I was like, holy shit, they're still going. Um, <laughs> you know, and at the very end, they would plop on an eyelash. And I thought it was really interesting that these two really diverse sides of the spectrum of beauty were focusing on eyelashes. And I realized that there really wasn't a lot in between. You really had sort of very over-the-top glam looks. And then you had just really super clean and almost nothing pared down. And I couldn't really wear the big over-the-top eyelashes because they just looked crazy on me. Um, you know, because I don't have any eyelashes, I don't have anything to, like, I need something a little more delicate because I'm starting with nothing. So it just didn't work. And I have, having worked with Troy, who was um, my the makeup artist we used at J. Crew, if he ever, you know, put makeup on me for an event like the Met Ball, we would sometimes do eyelashes and we had to cut them apart and, you know, pull them, use, pull little yeah. hairs out, trim them shorter, you know, make pieces out of them. And it was interesting. We realized there just wasn't anything in the market that I could wear. And, and so, I don't know, just sort of felt like, well, why couldn't I do that myself? And, um, and that was sort of what we decided to do. So um, we put a business plan together and... Um, you know, got some partners and we were off to the races. I, I still can't believe it actually happened. <laughs> I'm just going to do a little shout out if you want something very lovely and natural, the Troy everyday perfect tick, tick, tick. So <gasps> I know, love that you're wearing got Troy. Me. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm so glad. I love that. It's also really interesting to see what works on different people. You know, like I, I wear like the Iris really works well on me, the Iris and I love Kate. Those are, those two are like the best for me, but then like 
you know, someone who has a different eye shape, like particularly if you have like a monolid or a really deep set lid, like you might want a different lash. Like the iris also works really great on an Asian eye, whereas like the Luca looks good on somebody who has like a downturned eye or really wants more fullness toward the center. Axel works great on somebody who has a slightly darker skin tone and wants, you know, real fullness towards the center of their eyes. Like there's all kinds of, we really built them on people so that they would really work for different, you know, eye shapes and different, um, you know, coloring and that, et cetera. And do you know what, just the way you talk about this, I can see that absolute level of passion, that focus on detail that I always used to see when I came in to visit you at J Crew, and, and I would sit there in your offices and I would see all these incredible detailed different fabrics and materials and the way you've brought that sense into beauty is I think for all of us brilliant so thank you very very much and so I'd love to get a sense you've come from fashion into beauty you've got this ability to forecast trends to make trends and since this is called mecha talks dot 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 trends <laughs> can you take us through a little bit how do you forecast what you know what we all want I, it's a good question I don't know if I've ever really I mean I don't think I've ever really examined it so clearly or thought about it in in that form but I think the one thing there's a couple of things like things go in cycles and often I noticed that the thing that I used to think was ugly is always the thing that I want uh, you know, it's like, I remember when I used to think high-waisted jeans were just terrible. And I was like, but I'm going to want them because I think they're terrible. And it's the <laughs> same. It's like, that's how, almost how it goes. It's like, if something feels off and weird in a couple of years, it's going to be exactly what you want. And I don't know how or why that is, but, you know, it stands a lot of time in fashion and real estate and sometimes in beauty. You know, I think um, I, you know, I really find that like, for, and I think we're seeing that, you know, we are creatures of change. We want change, even though we don't know it. And I think it's constantly feeling like, well, what's, what is that thing that is happening next? Or what is, what feels boring and stayed? Or what feels like really set in its ways? And how then that's the thing that will often need reinvention and want and be crying for it. You know, I think, um, and that's why I found myself so interested in this space because I think, you know, eyelashes, clearly, if you looked around, were definitely gaining, you know, gaining interest and people were wearing them and buying them and they were getting, they were much more prevalent, but they were really prevalent in a very specific way. And so it's like, okay, well, how do you round that out? There's white space there because there's already a movement towards it, but how do you, the space is not full. You know, there's definitely things that are not getting addressed right now. And so how do you address that missing element? And that was always, I think to me, how I think trends evolve. It's like, what, what do you hate one year and you're going to love it the next? And what's the missing element? What's the, where's the white space in there? And where, where are people not playing? And I think that it's that view that probably propelled you to being the creative director at J. Crew when you were 36 years old, which feels like an enormous responsibility and possibly whilst you, why, why you then were labelled as the woman who dresses America. <laughs> what did it feel like to be doing that at you know, such an early age, you know, I'm, I know that so many of our listeners are aspiring business people themselves, and they're going to really want to understand how did you step into that role? And how did you own it so brilliantly and so successfully? I mean, first of all, all I can say is, <laughs> I a couple of things. First of all, 36, I think, interesting enough, I think a lot of young people that I meet, they have so much, they have such high expectations to be able to accomplish so much so young. And I feel like, I think it's hard, you know, 
it was hard. I can honestly say I fumbled a lot. Um, I made so many mistakes. I made personnel and people mistakes. I, you know, I was, it did not happen overnight and it was not easy. I think anytime you get promoted or anytime you take on a much bigger role, it takes six months to a year to really settle in before you understand how to, you know, push and pull the system. You know, I think um, the biggest mistake I made and the hardest part is, you know, when you are taking on a much bigger role, you're still used to the grind and the way that you, you have this well-worn path of how you function, the kinds of things you want to sign off on, you want to see, you want to be involved in, but there's just not a possibility to do that when you take on a bigger role. And that process of learning how to give up and give people more headway, but also then step up and do other things, it just, it takes a while. And I, I really stumbled and, and, and fumbled around that for a while. It's, it's so hard. Um, so I think, you know, while on the outside, it might look like I was incredibly successful right away. It's just not the case. I really did um, have to work very hard at figuring out um, just how to be a new kind of boss and how to still be me and how to be, you know, encouraging and welcoming, but also not micromanaging, but uh, not taking my hands off the wheel too much. It's such a delicate balance to strike. And yeah, it's definitely, I, I, for anyone who's doing it, give yourself a, give yourself a beat because it's really, it's really hard. And I think so. I think that's a fabulous message. Two things I took from that: one, you had to work really hard at it, and two, you have to be forgiving of yourself as you work work it all out because it is a journey. And just keep on trying, to keep on experimenting, and believe in those around you. Yeah, and I also think that there's nothing more powerful than like getting honest feedback and like being open enough to have someone tell you like, hey when this happened, I felt left out or this went down. It's like, oh, oh, okay. Like let's, how do we work through that? And let's fix that. Like, I think, you know, there is this, um, you know, oftentimes what happens is when you become the boss or the, you know, people stop, they, they just, they automatically think that you're not approachable, that they can't ask or they can't tell you when something's wrong and trying to make sure that you provide space for people to give you feedback and a safe space for them to say, Hey, this isn't working for me. And you'd be like, okay, like, let's work on that. How can I change that? What can I do? What? And I think there's also this thing, and it's, it's something I say to people that I work with all the time, is like, I can't fix or change anything that I don't know about. So if you're <laughs> going to sit and brood and be upset with me or be upset with X, Y, and Z because of this, that, that the other thing happened, but I don't know about it, I'm, there's nothing I can do to fix it. And so, you know, quietly suffering is, is the only person you're servicing is, is yourself in that regard. And so, like, I think, you know, being able to really voice concerns or challenges openly and say like, hey, I need help here is really important. And it was important for me, but it was also really important to create a space where the people that work with me could come and say, hey, I need help. J. Crew, you did that. You were unbelievably, as I said, successful in that role. And then you left. And I'd love to understand, let's talk about life after J. Crew. You know, did you have a game plan for all of the next steps that you've now taken on was it no as you expected why beauty I mean none of it was I mean listen I think um you know I I really had no plan and I think it was the first time in my life I didn't have a plan you know I I had a plan to go to art school and I knew what I was going to study I knew what I wanted to do I got out of college I went to work immediately I interned while I was in college I really never took a beat to to stop and think I just going and I went for 27 years and I all of a sudden was realizing that I wasn't really I wasn't as effective as I used to be I wasn't growing the way I wanted to be growing and I I didn't really know what was next and so I felt like it was the right time but I didn't have a plan and 
I'm really happy that I didn't have a plan. I think I fully expected to get a phone call here or there from somebody saying, oh, would you like to do this line or would you like to work on this? And it just didn't really happen. The industry was changing so much when I left and nothing really in the fashion industry materialized. And I started to get really nervous. I spent a lot of time sitting on my couch, just staring at the <laughs> staring at the coffee table. Uh, you know, I wasn't like <laughs> breaking bread. I wasn't taking dance classes. I wasn't learning another language. I was really just decompressing and looking at my calendar and being like, wow, I don't have to do anything today. <laughs> and it was kind of amazing. And I started to, um, I started to really like just take any phone call when someone said, hey, would you like to talk about X? And I just, I took some of the most random calls you would ever expect. And ironically, some of them, almost all of them have actually turned into some weird magical project. Like I took a call from someone who wanted me to do a furniture line and through a subsequent group of meetings, I ended up designing a hotel in the Bahamas and I'm currently uh, in, can, can know, we go? Process. Okay, can we go? Can it's we have a love scene moment? Yes, when, yes. But when we can travel, I, yes. like, that would be really yes. rather spectacular. I would love that. I would be thrilled. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I never in a million years would have thought that that would have been if, I don't think anybody would have, have approached me to do that before. And I don't think I would have been open to it. I would have said, oh, I have too many other things to do or I can't, you know, I would have thought, thought of all the reasons why I couldn't. And I had spent a lot of time, you know, thinking of all the ways I couldn't do X or I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that because I was so overwhelmed with work and I had so much on my plate. And, blah, blah. and all of a sudden I didn't have any of those excuses. And it really gave me the opportunity to, to think outside of my proverbial boxed in life that I had created and think about what I could do that really didn't look like anything else. And ironically, you know, while it may seem like doing a hotel doesn't have any, you know, any connection to fashion, I, I spent years working on the stores, I've renovated multiple homes. It's like I've really had the opportunity to, 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 to think really in detail about renovations and construction. This happens to be a ground up build, but um, I feel really comfortable with that. And then the same thing with the beauty space. It's like, it was so connected to what we did with shoots and, and shows that I felt it felt like a really natural pivot in the process of developing packaging and product is something I'm very familiar with from my old job. And so um, those two things really don't feel weird. They feel completely synergistic with my old life. But no, I had no, I had no plan. And it was very humbling to, to sit on my couch and not get a phone call. So really, from nothing, you've built an enormous array of things on your plate. Uh, yeah, I don't, again, like I think... I'm just really fortunate that I was able to do all these different things. I think having no sort of formal structure, you know, not having a day job, so to speak, and having a job where I'm like responsible for X, Y, and Z, like being able to do all these different projects and set them up in the way that works for me has been absolutely, like, it's the best gift. I mean, to be at my age and getting to start over and have like all these incredible opportunities. I mean, who, who knew at the age of like 50, I would be doing a television show. Like who the hell thought that would happen? That's crazy. No, I could have seen that. I, I could have uh. asked that for you. But anyway, so you've jumped into beauty at an amazingly exciting time. There is so much going on. And so how does it feel to transition from fashion veteran into indie beauty newbie at this moment? <laughs> You know, I think um, a couple of things. First of all, the, the beauty industry and as a whole has been so incredibly welcoming and they are just everyone has been excited, warm, welcoming and very supportive. It's been incredible. I think, um, you know, I do know that I, I 
I'm fortunate enough to have been around enough for people to kind of know who I am. And I think there's just been a general level of excitement for there's something, you know, someone new in the space. But I also have a little bit of legacy where I kind of sort of know what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm not, um, you know, completely flying by the seat of my pants. I have a little bit of process baked into the way I think about things and what I'm doing. So there, it's not, you know, it's a real, it's a real thing, I think. Um, and it's been just incredible. I mean, I also think, what I love now is just the beauty space and the way that it's approachable and feels so much more diverse in general that I think the conversation is changing. And that's amazing to be talking about beauty in such a much more inclusive way. You know, I think had I launched 10 years ago, I think the conversation would have probably been different. It would have been much harder. And I just feel like so incredibly grateful to be able to be in the space in this current landscape. And so say so that we're ahead of the curve because uh, we talked about it earlier in your eye for trends. What trends are you beginning to see emerge in beauty and or in fashion? And you know, what's made you notice them? What's, what's exciting you when you roll out of bed and you go, oh, this is exciting, I want to get into this? You know, in terms of fashion, the thing that I think is so interesting and I'm, I'm really fascinated to see where it goes is, you know, there's this, while we've seen, you know, after coming out of the pandemic, a lot of the bigger brands have really survived, which is, which is, you know, interesting, and I'm happy for anyone to survive. Um, you know, part of what we've been really focusing on with Rockefeller Center is trying to really support, um, you know, a lot of the brands that haven't really had the opportunity. So, female-owned businesses, black-owned businesses, um, you know, businesses that are smaller, New York-based, and I think there is this desire, I think, for a lot of people to have something where they know where it came from. There's this, particularly, you know, even with my son who is 14, you know, he cares really cares about, you know, how his clothes were made, where they came from. Um, he, he actually is, is inquisitive about that. And I think that's pretty incredible. I think the level of awareness and transparency that brands are required to have, um, whether we see that in the beauty space as well, in terms of what, what, what are you putting on your face, what, what, what's in the product. And I think that is, you know, a very forward thinking and really interesting um, and shift. And I'm, I'm thrilled to see that happening because I think it needs to for all the reasons that we both understand. Yeah. And it's interesting, if I look at Love Scene, I think you've taken so many of those strands or trends as they're emerging and they're really crystallised in Love Scene. You know, obviously, love, love, love the lashes. We've talked about that. But also, you know, the eco-packaging, it's 98% plastic-free. The fact that, you know, they're obviously vegan. I think that you've absolutely hit the nail on the head in terms of where the industry's going. And I think Love Scene, so it doesn't... It's not only genius to actually wear because you just love it and it feels Thank fantastic, you. but it absolutely hits where the in- the industry is growing. So, you know, I'm not putting any pressure on you, but I do <laughs> think that sort of once, once we've launched Love Scene in its current format, I can't wait to see where you go with it all. <laughs> I mean, it's been it's been really um, incredibly exciting to see the response, and you know, and and as you said, you know, I think. Obviously, the product is king. That's the most important thing because at the end of the day, when you take the packaging off and you take the pictures of the website away, the fact of the matter is the customer has the product and the product has to really stand up because that's what you're purchasing. You you can believe in a brand for all of the reasons that they show up, whether it be you know the eco packaging or the fact that they show a diverse audience and really speaking to a different speaking to you. But I think at the end of the day, the product really has to work. So I think 
that has been something that I feel so incredibly grateful and proud of that we really set out to make something with a really specific goal in mind. And the feedback that we've been getting is exactly that, that people feel like they are a really natural looking alternative. They still give them the pump and the, the sort of juice that you get from a lash, but they're without sort of quite as much as you're getting with a lot of the lashes that are out there currently in the market. And I love the lashes that are currently in the market. They just, I can't wear them. And I certainly can't wear them every day. And I, I'm fully like into having like, I want it all. I want, I want we all everything. want it all. We yes. all want it all. <laughs> now, I the reason I met you was because, you know, I would tootle into New York and I'm a huge believer in uh, trying to connect myself to the very, very best um, in the industry. And, you know, Mickey Drexler and yourself were redefining J. Crew, and I sort of elbows out, which is one of my mantras, going, right, I really want to sort of witness the magic on the inside and I, I have very much considered uh, you know, Mickey and yourself to be absolute inspiration and mentors to me over the years. I'm wondering, do you have your own mentors or people or partnerships that you've had through your career where you've learned an enormous amount? And First of all, I'm so curious and I don't actually know how it happened, but I remember you coming in and I'd never seen Mickey let anyone in with so much transparency and access. So I still don't know how you did that, but I'm curious. <laughs> how did you do that? Do you know what? I, I have a saying, and that is, one, elbows out, and two, kill people with kindness. And so <laughs> I was just, I think, quite persistent about... So I had an introduction. Someone said, oh, would you like me to introduce you? And I'm like, are you kidding? Yes, please. And I had a 15-minute slot and I went, this is very New York. That I've got a 15-minute yeah. slot for yeah. Very Mickey, too. He's like, well, the 15 minutes basically can turn into an hour and 45 minutes if he likes you. But the 15 minutes is to make sure that you only, if he doesn't like you, then you only get that amount of time and then he doesn't have to see you again. Exactly. And so I came in for my 15 minutes and, you know, around the big table and he's got all these people there and he starts firing questions at you. And then he just he allowed me to sit down. So I thought if I sit down here really quiet. And then literally I was in a job interview that he was having with someone yep. and then I was in a property review and then I remember yep. him on his tannoy saying, hello, hello, I want to talk about, you know, <laughs> shirts, can the shirt team come? And, and I literally stayed for about three and a half hours. And from that, go. I sort of said, okay, I have learned so much from this. And I remember going out and writing note after note after note and coming back and telling the team and funnily enough, about five years later, Mickey kept on saying to me, because, you know, I would take his words of wisdom and I would apply them. Yeah. But he'd always say to me, come on, you've got to have the PA system. You've got to. And I was like, Mickey, just the PA system. It's just not me having a microphone and talking to everybody. Like, you've got to. You've got to. So I finally took a um, there was a documentary on um, J. Crew and Mickey and you. And I showed it at the office and there was the tannoy that you know the, the system in there the PA system and so literally I said to the team I want you all to vote do you want me talking at you through a PA system or do you not and the vote came back as a yes so I was able to go back and I said to Mickey look you have finally taken over Australian business well cosmetics business with your way of working no and so I think, way yeah seriously so, so do I you have one yeah, of course I have one. Yes, we oh put it my in. God. I love that so much. I'm like, I had no idea. That is absolutely incredible. 
So you see, I think that when people see that you actually take on board what they say and you implement it, then they're willing to talk to you a bit more and a bit more oh, and a bit sure. more. Oh, for sure. I'm sure he'd love that. <laughs> You're meant to be I answering did, the question. Well, I well, okay, okay. Um, no, but I do think, I think, first of all, like hats off to you for doing that because I think it does take a lot of courage and I think people don't often realize like sometimes it's just the power of asking and pushing your way in and, and doing exactly as you say. There's so much to be gained by most people are actually really generous and do want to share and most people are just really afraid to ask and I think it's pretty incredible that you um, you, you actually just I would I don't think I ever would have done that and I've learned a lot about doing that from Mickey. I think one of the things I saw you know was that he asked everyone questions. He was constantly soliciting information and advice from everyone. And that level of humility and curiosity, I think is so incredibly important in being successful and not thinking that you know it all, and no matter what level you are in your, I mean, the man was a billionaire. He'd had run incredibly successful companies, but he still wanted to know from the person who joined the company yesterday, what they thought about this beanie or whether we should open a, mall, a store in this mall. Like he was interested in what, the team had to say. And I think I really learned so much from him in that regard of not being too sure of yourself. And also to like, really like you don't know everything. And, and the farther you get, the more senior you get, the less, you know, because you're the less connected you are to what's happening on the ground with the store team. So he was constantly taking us on store visits. And I think it's so nice to hear you that you go and visit your stores because those people who are in the stores, they're the person who's talking to the customer. It's not you. And you could do everything right. But if the store people don't feel empowered, they don't have information, they don't feel connected to the brand, you don't have anything. They're, they're your conduit to the customer. And like the customer is king in that moment. They're the ones who like, if they like your product, they believe in you, they'll come back. And that's that's everything. They spread the word. They're your advocates. They're your best you know, ambassadors. And so really taking care of how you treat not only the customers, but the people who work with you and making sure that they feel um, like they're part of the conversation is so paramount to running a successful and healthy business. So I think, you know, that is probably one of the most golden nuggets I got from Mickey. And obviously there are many more over the years because I worked with him for many years and I'm deeply grateful for so much of what I learned. I also, you know, I think I started out working for Emily Woods, who started the company at the time when I, when I joined, she was Emily Senator. And, you know, you talked about detail. I just was so blown away by the level of detail that she would take into consideration for every single thing, whether it was the button that was picked, the layout on the, of the page, the font on the page, the side, you know, the model's hair, like every, every single little detail she noticed, cared about, wanted to talk about. And there was no detail that was not worthy of a conversation and that was not worthy of really hashing it out and making sure it really stood for what the brand wanted to stand for. And I, that was, I'm so happy that I had that as a starting point because I felt that way myself. I wanted to look at every detail, but to see someone at the top caring so much about that really helped galvanize my thinking and making sure that I protected that as much as I could along the way. The thing that certainly gives me extraordinary energy is that we get to connect with phenomenal founders. You know, look at me. It's seven o'clock in the morning and I'm talking to Jenna Lyons, <laughs> the woman that dresses America. And, you know, as you sit on your bed in America with your beautiful picture behind you, and <laughs> it's an incredibly energizing experience. And the only way you get to have that experience again and again and again is to find a way to uh, deliver to the level of expectation of founders who are literally pouring their creative energy into a new brand that we get to hold. And it is like taking someone's baby 
and going, right, you know, we are going to take this from a baby to a toddler to a slightly awkward teenager to this <laughs> fabulous, <laughs> fabulous, you know, and you know, whole brand that is absolutely established. And it's an incredibly exciting journey and a journey that we cannot wait to go on with you. So, thank you. Same. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And and I could talk literally for the next two hours, but um, since you've got uh, you know a lot on, I've got to get to the quick fire round questions. Right? It's exciting because I actually did the first Mecca Talks podcast, and I I, I loved going through these questions. I, I do struggle to be succinct enough. So let's see how we go here. So, what time do you wake up, and what is the first thing you do in the morning? Um, I wake up on average around seven and the first thing I do is I work out with a group of women on Zoom. Very impressive. (laughs) Okay, and then what time do you get to bed and what's the last thing you do at night? Uh, Anywhere from 10.30 to midnight and the last thing I do is send the time for the workout in the morning. Wow, this workout every morning. Uh, I'm trying really hard. When I turned 50, I swore to myself that I would be in better shape when I turned 55 because I looked at my body and I was like, what the F happened? (laughs) (laughs) Well, working out every morning at seven will get you there. So which Love Scene product is your current favorite and why? Uh, I have to say it would be the Lash Tool and mostly just because I really struggle to get them on without it. And if I don't have the tool, like I just don't even try to put them on. I'm just, it makes it so much easier, particularly for me. But so that's my... My go-to, my favorite thing. Well, there's a lot of buzz in uh, Mecca Support Center about the lash tool, by the way. Okay. So that's great. Okay, what fashion item is your current obsession? I'm completely obsessed. I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm really obsessed with like leotards and bodysuits, and I like have them. Uh, uh, I'm obsessed with like one-piece bathing suits, bodysuits, anything like the sardinias, the skims, like anything that looks like, I don't know what is happening to me, but it seems like it's all, I'm wearing one right now. It's all I wear. I like, I'm obsessed. Okay. Well, no wonder you're doing the gym every day (laughs) if all you're wearing is leotards and bodysuits. Right? (laughs) I mean, I put, I put other things on with them, but (laughs) it's just because I see, I, I like, I literally see this girl on our, on our workout every morning and she wears all these bodysuits and bathing suits, but she wears them. Like, and the sh- you can get the shapes that you can get in a bathing suit when there's something has a, you know, has a crotch to it. It pulls down. It's so much more elegant. The lines are so much more beautiful. And I don't know. So I've, I've become completely obsessed and I like have bought the world's free supply of bathing suits. Well, I'd love to see. What is your favorite social media account to follow right now? Um, right now, social media. Oh, gosh. Um, I really do. I love Diet Prada. Um, I don't know if you've seen that one. Um, yep. That's one of my favorites. And I really, um, there's a woman named Yasmin May who um, does all these incredible flowers and I'm obsessed. Um, like she, she does the most beautiful arrangements. And then there's another one that's called The Dodo and it's all stories about animals getting rescued. Okay, that is a broad array, which is very much like <laughs> you. So that makes perfect sense. What is the last book you read that you loved? Oh, uh, I'm almost done with Barack Obama's book, um, his most recent book, and it's just incredible. He's a magical writer, and it's absolutely incredible. Okay, I have not read that. I've read Michelle Obama, but I will now go on to my side table. 
in my list, of, well, in my stack of books to read. It's a bit, it's a bit big at the moment. It's, I know, it's also his book is like 700 pages. <laughs> okay, well, I got that it. will I was add like, a few oh. inches. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but you've loved it. You've absolutely I loved see, it. So. He's just an incredible, he's so clear in his, in his writing. It's very, and it's also like, you know, I thought there'd be a lot of stuff that I didn't know what was going on or I didn't understand. It was too political and it just isn't. It's really much more about just what he was experiencing, how he got to where he was, but what was, and contextualizing what he was going through during his first uh, um, term in presidency. It's just fascinating the way it's written. And then what is the last television show that you watched? I don't know if you've been like everybody else and a complete Netflix junkie during COVID, but what have you watched? I'm, I mean, I've, I'm, I mean, like, I have to say I watch a lot of television. Um, I mean, more recently because of COVID. Um, the last thing I watched was Ted Lasso and I've watched it like three times because I'm obsessed. So I'm, no, I'm it? writing it down. <gasps> oh my God. It's so unbelievably good. And if it's great for like teens too, it's incredible. I watched it with my son. I first watched it and I made my son watch it and he absolutely loved it. It's a, the most uplifting, feel good, funny. It's brilliant. Okay. That's incredible. I'm, well, I also have a teenage son, so I might be emailing you after this to say what else love are it. you loving? We're going to do this again at this at some point because there's just so many more questions. But Jenna, I have to say huge, huge thank you for putting up with the bombardment of questions today. It has been so no, amazing. And I Oh my God, it's a pleasure just to hear your voice. It makes me so happy. <laughs> it's true. I miss I miss having you come to the office. It was one of I enjoyed it so much. I don't know if you could possibly imagine. I think, you know, you forget like when you're just doing your job, you forget that it's interesting. And I remember when you came in, it always, I always felt so much better about what I was doing because to see your level of interest and excitement and, and just genuine curiosity, it was just, it really felt good for me. So it's, I'm thrilled. I couldn't be happier. And I love that. I love that oh. we're launching with you. It's just such a nice completion of our. It is. No, exactly. A, 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 next, a, step. exactly. next step. Exactly. And yes. I cannot <laughs> wait to be able to come and see you in person. And in the meantime, this has been a Same. fantastic little window into your world at J Crew, post J Crew, and what inspires you and how you work with trends. And for our Mecca Talks dot 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 trends, you are literally the perfect person for us to be talking to. So huge thank you, thank, thank you. you, thank you, Jenna. Thank you, thank you. And thank I look you. forward to round two. Same. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Mecca Talks. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your favourite podcast app and you'll be notified as soon as our next episode becomes available. Don't forget to rate, review and share this episode with your friends. To stay up to date on what's going on in the Mechaverse, find us on Instagram at at Beauty or join the conversation in our Mecca Chit Chat Facebook group. You've been listening to Mecca Talks. Thank you for joining us. And I'm on the roll.